Hello and welcome to Fancy Weather Podcast. If you are new here, I'm your host, Kirsty Taylor. If you're a returner, hello, welcome back. It's great to have you with us. So this week is our second ever book club episode and I'm super duper excited to get into it. Um, This week's book club episode is a little bit different from the past one. The past one I did an untold story with the book club. But I've decided this one we're just going to keep the book club because I had a wonderful guest on who's Eleanor Hadley from the Sensuality Academy. So please stay tuned for the interview with her. It is wonderful. And we talk all about our book club of the month, which is um, Women Don't Owe You Pretty by Florence Given. If you have not read it yet, don't worry. That is not a problem as it is not a fiction book. um, There's no real spoilers, I suppose, throughout the episode so you can tune in listen along and maybe it'll even encourage you to read the book if you haven't read it yet so um yeah let's hop into the intro so for our intro for people who are new we talk about first of all we talk about something that is a small wonder in the world so my my small wonder of the week is what I call it and that varies from a large number of things throughout the weeks um this week it's food related for those of you that know me that will not surprise you for those of you that don't I'm a big foodie I'm a big food person so um my small wonder of the week is white chocolate orange ice cream so Terry's white chocolate orange has finally returned about time thank you my christmases have been saved and my local ice cream parlor is called stuart towers if anyone's local check it out if anyone's visiting persia or ever check it out is making white chocolate terry's orange ice cream and i just had some today and it was phenomenal highly highly recommend almost seems like it's more worthy of a big wonder than a small wonder but here we are So yeah, so the next thing we're going to jump into is what I'm engaging with. So this week I have been engaging with more Netflix, surprise, surprise. And um, this week I finally watched the film that everyone has been talking about, The Social Dilemma. I definitely recommend you watch it and I'd love to hear, hear all your thoughts. And honestly, I have so much to say about it that I think Naomi and I are going to talk about it a little bit on Small Talk next week, so stay tuned for that on Wednesday. And I think I'm actually going to write a blog post and post it on our website, Fancy Brother. So keep yours at, your eyes peeled for that. It's www.fancybrother.com. And maybe it will be up when you're listening to this. So once it's up, I will add it to the show notes. If you're listening to this on the day of recording, which is Saturday the 3rd of October, I have not written it yet, so it will not be there yet, but soon. So subscribe to our website, which again is www.fancybeller.com and stay tuned. And um, yeah, and of course, don't forget to check her Instagram out at Fancy Blather. We post some super cool things there. But yeah, that's pretty much it for the intro. Because this is a book club week rather than a normal chat show style week, um, instead of doing a poem of the week, I'm going to read an excerpt from Florence Given's book. Um, So I have picked my favourite chapter and we'll jump so much more into discussions about it in the interview with Eleanor, which is wonderful. So please do stick around for that. And um, also I will be doing a blog post on our website 
all about the book and my thoughts on it and I'd love for you guys to comment and let me know what you thought of it as well and um yeah and stay tuned for the end of the episode when I'll tell you what our book club of October is so this excerpt is from my favorite chapter chapter 10 and I'm honestly just going to read from the start of this chapter I just absolutely adore this chapter so yeah let's jump into it chapter 10 maybe it's a girl crush maybe you're queer your queer feelings are entirely valid let me start off with a bit of clarification as the words we use and the way way we use them matter It's important to know that the word queer has its root in the history of queer oppression, not empowerment. It originally came into use in the 16th century and meant strange or odd, then began to be used as an insult in the early 19th century towards people who were believed to be in same-sex relationships. However, LGBTQ plus activists in the 1980s reclaimed the word queer as a political statement to self-describe their identity. Today, Queer is widely used as a term for sexual orientation and gender identities that are not heterosexual or cisgender. If you're not straight or you don't identify with the same gender you were assigned at birth, you may wish to self-identify as queer. Queer covers all sorts of sexual gender identities such as bisexual, asexual, non-binary and gender fluid. It's important to remember that queerness is political. Equally, some people still remember times when queer was used as a slur against them and because of this they don't feel comfortable adopting this label, which is valid too. Rigid and archaic gender roles got in the way of living my truth for so long. Anytime I vocalised my feelings for women and other genders as a closeted bisexual, I often told I was often told that these feelings were just a fantasy. And a fantasy only to be carried out for the entertainment of men. On top of this, there was a lot of internalised homophobia to work through, which for me sounded in my head like, you don't look queer enough, or you've never been with a woman, how do you even know? But I did know. I knew because at times I'd had to think about women during sex, I knew because I'd fallen in love with my female friends, I knew because my thoughts about women were recurring, and the thought of being in a relationship with a woman made me feel at home with myself. I had always been compelled towards women, but I was also attracted to men and people of other genders. So what was it that stopped me from owning my queerness? One night, after consuming a lot of cocktails, I ended up crying to my best friend, confessing my feelings for women. And this was a whole part of my identity that I felt I hadn't given air to. I'm very dramatic. I was in a toxic, long-term relationship with a man at the time, and I hadn't allowed the queer in me, to breathe. As a femme, I never saw another person who looked like me dating girls in the media or in real life. And I thought that people who felt the way I felt and looked, and the look the way I looked, didn't exist. My limited, stereotypical understanding of queerness stopped me from validating my feelings. It's even harder for marginalised people, black queer people, disabled queer people, etc. to come to terms with their sexuality as they're less likely to see themselves represented in the media at all, let alone also represented as queer. But the way you express yourself, how you dress, and your other intersecting identities have no direct correlation with your sexuality. I learned to see these things as they exist binary. Oh no. As they exist individually and outside of the binary. Who says queer doesn't look like me? 
why can't I date women and also have a feminine gender expression? I realized that by invalidating my own queerness, I was stereotyping other queer people. There is no one way to look, present or act queer. If you're queer, then you look queer. So yeah, like I said, that was from Florence Givens' book, Women Don't Know You Pretty, our book club of the week, a Sunday time bestseller. I'm saving up my pennies to buy her prints for my wall, which will look fabulous. And um, that was from chapter 10. And I just read pages 114 to the start of 116, in case anyone wanted to read along um, or read it after or something. I don't know. I probably should have told you the page number before this, but there we are. Um, yeah, so stay tuned as we're about to jump into the episode with the wonderful Eleanor Hadley and learn a little bit more about her thoughts on Women Don't Know You Pretty as well as to learn more about the work that she does and her podcast, The Sensuality Academy. So please enjoy. Hello Eleanor and welcome to Fancy Brother Podcast. It's so amazing to have you on. I'm a big fan of your found you on Instagram and I love all the work you do. And for our listeners who might not know anything about you, who you are, or your podcast or your other many ventures, maybe just give them like a one minute intro, like an elevator pitch, if you will, of um, about yourself. Sure thing. It is so lovely to be here. So my name's Eleanor Hadley and I'm a sensuality coach and sex educator. I'm also the founder of Essential Yoga, which is a embodied grounded movement practice that's designed specifically for women to get out of their heads and into their bodies and I'm also the host of the Sensuality Academy podcast and I teach workshops, retreats, I do one-on-one coaching and love talking all about sensuality. Amazing, perfect. So um, first we're going to kick off with a little bit, as this is our book club um, episode of the month. Our book of the month was uh, Women Don't Know You Pretty, and I was so excited to see that you also love this book. So I thought we could start off by discussing the book a little bit and then switch it and chat a little bit more about um, your your podcast and uh, all the other work that you do. So um, what is it that originally made you interested in reading Florence Givens' Women Don't Know You Pretty? Was there, was there something that particular? did you hear about it from someone? Was there a way that like grabbed your eye in the first place, I guess? Yeah, good question. So I've been following Florence on Instagram for, I think, a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. And so I heard about the book as soon as she basically started writing it or released that she was going to be writing a book. And um, as soon as it went on pre-order, literally a year ago, um, I, I bought it. I didn't know where I was going to be in the world at the time because I usually yeah. kind of travel around. And so I just ordered the ebook version. Um, and then by the time it was released, I had the ebook version, but I was like, I need the real copy as well. So I got the hard copy. Amazing. Um, I really, I just love Florence's work. I think she is a powerhouse. I think she's got so much um, so many interesting things to say and that we could all learn a lot from yeah definitely agree and I think as well the hard copy is just so like beautiful to look at it's such a good um like obviously definitely read it and mine's been well loved like the binding is like a little bit is a little bit worn out but um I think it's such a good book to that so it draws people in to read it which is so good and I think that's kind of like a good um 
what's the word like reverse psychology because it's like women don't know you pretty but the book cover is pretty so it's like oh <laughs> so I like the the idea behind that but yeah I definitely agree Florence does the most incredible work and I'm a massive fan and I'm sure listeners that have read the book this month feel the exact same way so how quickly did you go through the book the first time and have you reread it even just chapters of it you know it's interesting so I when I first got it, it was kind of like mid pandemic and I had a lot mm -hmm. going on, but I was really curious about one chapter in particular. And that was maybe it's a girl crush. Maybe you're just queer. So that's actually okay. the first chapter that I quickly went and read um, because I was like, am I? <laughs> and so that was like the standout for me. And then I um, got you know i relocated and i had time to sit down and read the read the physical copy yeah and i got through it in i think a couple of weeks i think i kind of took some time for it to percolate and yeah. now since i've started this book club i've been reading um a chapter a day and discussing it with my book club participants every single day yeah. that's so amazing i actually yeah i so i read it front to back but i find myself like wanting to read on and on, but I wanted to give it time to sit. So I had to kind of force myself away from it and try and find something else to read. Cause I was like, no, like right now we need to, we need to give this time to sit in my mind. And I actually, yeah, I, that's my favorite chapter as well. I, I reread that multiple times cause I already, so I am, um, when did I? I like identify as bisexual and I feel like maybe I can't remember I don't really have like a coming out story um I think that's so complicated as a bisexual person to ever kind of like you never stop coming out we actually did a really interesting episode with one one of my friends Marion Jockmans who spoke about um biphobia and bi erasure and things like that and she was like yeah I come out every every day it depends like every time I meet someone new and I was like that's so true but I love that chapter because it really allowed me to realize that what I was feeling wasn't something that was alone because I was like oh is this okay like can I present in this way and be bi can I do this and be bi like can I date boys and be bi can I date girls and be I was like what does it mean but I actually recently listened again to your episode with Megan I can't remember her name but I absolutely loved that le that episode which is why I re-listened and I thought that you guys had the most incredible things to say um, and I just thought it was so important and something that everyone should definitely listen to. So I will definitely link that in the show notes because that's such a good episode that just really re reinstates that. It's, it's like the label is important, but also it's not important. To, it's like one of those weird things. She said something about the label gives you freedom, which is kind of ironic because a label doesn't, isn't really, that's not really what a label's done in the past. So I was like, that's such an interesting point. And I was like, yeah, I've never thought about that. But I definitely agree that that chapter really resonated with me. I was like, okay, this is fine. I'm fine. Everything's grand. That's super cool. So, um, yeah. is there, so I guess you kind of answered the next question. Do you have a chapter which you particularly loved or resonated with you? Do you have a, another chapter which resonated with you as well as that one or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that one definitely stood out. Um, and yeah. yeah, it's so interesting that you've had recent discussions with people about that topic about bisexuality, yeah. bi um it I mean I guess it was bisexuality visibility day just recently so it's yeah. definitely in the ether a lot of people are talking about it um and as you said my episode as well with Megan Vanda was it she like just such a beautiful chat um to mm -hmm. explore something that 
I had never really heard people talking about very often and they have a really wonderful way of um, describing um, what it means to be bi and the freedom. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that Florence as well gives so much um, you know, permission to to people who may not have ever questioned their sexuality, mm-hmm. whether they question it or not. I think there's so much room there to just explore and to be who you are. Uh, so yes, that chapter definitely um, was a standout for me, but mm-hmm. I also really, really found so much value in, I think it's chapter 20. Um, yep. Yeah. Check your privilege with the actual okay. checklists. Yes. yes. I thought that was such a good resource. Yeah, I thought that was also really interesting as well, because I've seen things like, I guess as well, especially during the pandemic, that's become quite a big thing. But the way that Florence did it was so inclusive, whereas I think in the past when we've seen resources like that, it's kind of been about one type of privilege. But I love that she went into all the different privileges that you can have. Like, yes, you can have white privilege, but you can also have like all of these other privileges. And I was like, that's actually, I'd never considered a lot of those things like I have considered white privilege but there were so many other things that I'd never considered like um oh what was one of them not like being not being non-disabled I was like that is something I've never even thought about as a privilege but that is such a privilege I was like wow I've never that was definitely a good one to like take your accountability into into perspective I was like wow this is actually such a good point like we all need to be so I love that checklist because I think it was just so much more inclusive than some resources which is there because they are focusing on a certain thing but I just like that she focused on everything kind of every intersection which I think is so important especially that people are starting to recognize that more yeah it's definitely a very empathy building uh book and in particular that chapter it's about just opening your eyes and recognizing that the world is so different for different people and to take that into consideration and be as empathetic as we can um and i'm pretty sure she got that checklist and maybe revised it from somewhere somewhere else but you're right i love that there are all these intersections and that it's Mm -hmm. quite a, a wide view of what privilege is and how we might be more privileged than others yeah I think it's a super a super cool way to do it I think as well because it's a checklist it's something that's easier for people to sit and acknowledge than if somebody's just kind of writes an essay telling you it's as much as you want to read that I think that doesn't always resonate with people whereas that's a lot more to the point so it's kind of hard to hard to ignore it I guess so I think that is super cool um, so there's so many lessons to be taken away from this book, um, endless, endless lessons. But do you have like a top three things that you really learned from reading this absolute masterpiece by Lawrence? Or was it, was there too many? Do you know what I mean? Like, was there some that really stuck out to you that you learned? Oh, honestly, I think that there are some key takeaways from every single chapter, which is why I've loved kind of unpacking it one by one. But yeah. I guess the overall takeaways would be just putting yourself first. Mm -hmm. Um, And also I think there's a huge theme about really doing that self work and um, that self inquiry 
really unpacking your own privilege, unpacking your behaviors, unpacking your beliefs. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then as well, the notion of questioning your conditioning. Um, And this is something that I teach about a lot in my work is just, yeah, question your conditioning. How are you um, conditioned to act and present and be in the world in the way that you are? Uh, I think that's a huge, a huge thing from this book to take away and really continue on with that um, idea of constantly questioning yourself, your condition in yeah. the world around you. I love that. I really, as well, another thing that really stood out for me was um, the making a list of boundaries. So kind of having a set thing that like a checklist kind of, if you will, that somebody like that you need to have to be in a healthy relationship. I never considered that. And I was like, wow, that's such an important thing to have for yourself to know where is your, like, where is your line in the sand? If you like, where, where can you say this is too much? Cause otherwise you end up in situations where it's kind of, you've dug, you've kind of fallen down the well and it's hard to get back out. Whereas if you have that in advance and you're aware of your boundaries and you speak your boundaries, then it's much easier to, hold yourself accountable as well as others to be like, okay, this is where I draw the line. So I thought that was another really interesting point that I just never really thought about. And I was like, I need to sit down and write these down and work out what are my yeah, Absolutely. This is a, something that we've been talking a lot about in book club, um, that we never really sit down and write them. We never consider what our boundaries are. And it's only yeah. ever after something traumatic has happened, something traumatic or dramatic has happened in our lives that make us question and go, oh, maybe I shouldn't accept that behavior in the future. And what I love about this book is that Florence has, I, I, she's clearly targeting a very specific kind of woman. Um, and I think it's really powerful that she's doing it that way because she's kind of speaking to especially young women, but I mean, yeah. a lot of, a lot of people could do to read this book, but people who may not have gone through all that drama, um, she doesn't want them to have to experience the trauma to then yeah, create boundaries. She's happens. like, make them now. Exactly. So yeah, for, pro- for other people who have like, exactly, just like, here's what could happen. Here's some ideas for boundaries. Take some time, consider them. Um, and I just think that it's kind of like a preventative measure. And yeah, so I think so. Definitely. It's definitely a case of being proactive instead of reactive. It's do it before, before not before it's too late, but you that kind of idea, like do it before it's too, there's not much you can do about it. Um, so you spoke a little about your book club, which I absolutely love. I'm a massive fan and I have watched lots of the videos and love just chatting with other people about, especially about this book because it's so wonderful. And I think it's also so nice to discuss things that are, especially during the pandemic, it wasn't exactly easy to talk to people for a while um, other than online. So it was nice to create a community. So for people listening to the podcast that might be interested in getting involved, how can they get involved with the book club? Is it um, I, you have like pre-record, you have um, the recordings from the chapters before already, like, you know, what I mean, like the recordings saved, that's what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. So people can go back and watch those and I definitely would recommend, but do you want to let people know how they can get involved with that if they're interested? 
Yeah, absolutely. So what we've been doing is doing chapter by chapter every single night for the past, uh, we're up to chapter 19, I think today, or 20 actually, that, that my favorite chapter. Um, and we've been going live every single day um, and having chats. So they are all recorded and a way to get involved in book club is you could just simply head to my website, which is eleanorhadley.com slash book hyphen club. Um, and in there you'll find the link to our discord chat, um, which is a group where people are sort of chatting about each chapter by chapter in different channels. And you'll find all the recordings, all of the journal prompts that I've been making as well for everybody. And also a really, really cool book list that has been compiled by members. Perfect. Yeah. And I'll have that link in the show notes for people. So if you're if you're like, oh, I didn't write that down fast enough, don't worry, it's in the show notes for people to follow. Um, yeah, what inspired you to start the book club? Was there something that kind of pushed you? What was it for you that made you go, I need a community to talk to about this, I guess, or I want to create this community where we can discuss this? Yeah, it's a good question. I, um, I came about very, very organically. I was just <laughs> ranting about how good this book was over on my Instagram <laughs> stories. And I had so many of my followers kind of messaging me saying, oh, I'm, I need to read it. I've got to read this. I should get it. Like saying that they were going to go buy it. Um, and then it just, yeah, gave me the idea that maybe it would be something worth chatting about. And so I put it out there. Yeah. I asked if anybody would be interested in doing a book club, did a little Instagram story poll, um, got a bunch of yeses. And so I put it together and then it was wild because I, I kind of just created this thing. I was like, oh, I'm just going to do it. Spare of the moment. Intuition says yes. So I made it up and then I mm -hmm. actually went and did a podcast interview uh, with someone else. And then I got off that. And by the time I'd gotten off that call, I had all these crazy notifications because Florence Given herself had actually shared that I was Amazing. doing this book club, yeah. shared my post. And so suddenly I had like 200 people in the book club, which I was only anticipating maybe 10. <laughs> so like, it became oh bigger than, <laughs> than I thought, <laughs> but it's been awesome. Yeah, that is so cool. I love that. So I think we're going to switch a little bit now and talk a little bit more about you. There's so many things that we could say about Florence forever, but let's switch to um, Eleanor Hadley for a while. Um, so um, I absolutely love your podcast, The um, Sensuality Academy, and I think it's so important that you're discussing things that other people might call taboo, quote-unquote, um, and uh, things that definitely shouldn't be taboo. Like, I don't know why are they taboo, but I love that you celebrate sensuality. You don't just discuss it and talk about it. You, like, you're really out there celebrating and saying this is not a this is not a bad thing, like not this is this is normal, but like this is wonderful. You're really pushing that message, which I think is so important. Um, was there like a moment for you, I guess, um, that you realized that in yourself that somebody needed to be celebrating this more? Or do you know was there like an experience where you were like, this is like why are people talking about this as if it's um as if it's a merger or something? Like there's such a weird um bubble around it. Yeah, so it was more of a an exploration, a journey to come to being someone that talks so openly about sensuality, sexuality, and all of the things. Um, I used to, my history is um, I used to own a pole dancing studio and I had that for four years. And so that was already like a little bit left of center. Um, there were a lot of people that 
thought that was a bit strange and Mm -hmm. were quite judgmental. And so I kind of got used to being, you know, a little bit out of the box and doing something kind of different, but I honestly love it. I kind of love making people slightly uncomfortable um, (laughs) talking about things that are taboo because I find it really fascinating why certain topics like sex that we all do, that we all need, mm-hmm. we would not be here without it, make people so uncomfortable. And it was through my work at the studio over the years, teaching so many women about how to move their bodies sensually um, and to kind of take ownership of their own bodies that yeah. it just kind of snowballed. And that's what gave me the inspiration to create my movement practice called Sensual Yoga, and then from there, I just kind of started getting known as someone who was talking constantly about sensuality and the importance of it and how it can really kind of up-level so many other factors of your life. Your life. And so then I started coaching and it's just kind of evolved from there. And now I've got this podcast that I adore. Nice. That's so sweet. Have you noticed, um, obviously, when you're working with um, clients and people through your essential yoga, have you noticed quite big positive changes in people as they go through that journey because I can imagine that must be quite a not um, just physically but like spiritually and emotionally that must be quite a quite a big journey but in the best way but it's such a like positive upward upward hill journey but it must be quite a an emotional journey for quite a few people it really is um I, I think that you know in some ways like you know like Florence's work right it mm-hmm. is forcing you to question your conditioning and that's something that I'm really really big on I yeah. want to I want to help you to inquire with yourself and unpack your uh, beliefs your conditioning and explore how you can show up better for yourself in the world how you can feel more pleasure how you can connect more deeply with people and with yourself and yeah it is quite confronting for a lot of people um, because it's so much easier for us and we're kind of taught in society to just mm-hmm. you know bottle that stuff up and just focus on the external things the outside the surface um, you know performing our femininity and uh, just showing up like we're like quote-unquote supposed to uh, being yeah. in the box in as Florence says the narrative and so yeah it can be really really uncomfortable but that's kind of what I'm here for and that's you know where in my coaching practice I'm there to be your cheerleader your guide your support and to kind of pull you up when you're selling yourself short and yeah it's such rewarding work um, especially because it's the type of thing that a lot of people don't ever focus on um, which can be difficult, you know, as a business owner, people don't tend to prioritize their sensuality or their sex life until maybe there's something that is not going well in it until it's kind of too late. And so I'd love to get to the point where I'm getting in to people's journeys much earlier. Much earlier on. Yeah, that's, that, that is, I think that is something that's so interesting that people don't think about that is something that is it's something that's kind of there but they just kind of kind of ignore it or they just put it on the back burner all the time but it's something that's so essential to to your your life and to ensuring that you're confident not just um like outwardly but also within yourself it's an important thing and you did speak a little bit about um 
about doing like being central with yourself and I think that's something for me that I feel is really not celebrated is um masturbation but like in terms like self-pleasure but more I find that's more of a thing especially for women be that trans women cisgender women everyone that fits that branch and it is something that I think is a little bit more discussed with them people that fit the the male branch if you like the the male gender identity but I do think as well it is some often more about the joke than actually spoken about in a positive way even from that perspective so either way there's there's kind of a weird thing about it it's kind of something that like is looked down on but surely if you you don't know what you like and you don't know your own body then how can you possibly have a good experience with someone else if you aren't even aware of what works for you so what do you think we can do to shift this is there like obviously there's no quick fix in reality like there's no quick fix for anything in life but what are some kind of like grounding essential practices that people can start to do to kind of shift their 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 minds I guess about that and to change the way they think about it Oh, that's a great question. Um, and I'm so, so with you on this idea that um, for those of us who identify as female, talk about masturbation and pleasure is so taboo. Um, yeah. And for for men, it's typically like, even as young boys, it's something that's kind of talked about, joked about, like you say, maybe they're not talking very openly and um, uh, honestly about it, but it is There's still a discussion. Normal. Exactly. Yeah. And among women, it's seen almost as like weird or dirty or wrong. And I know that a lot of my clients have expressed that they have felt shame around their own self-pleasure. And yeah. the reason is because we are socialized so much in our society to perform for the pleasure of men. And mm -hmm. it's like, we don't own our own bodies. We don't own our own pleasure. And even it, it, it's so pervasive. Like th there's this omnipresent male gaze that is so, so pervasive that even in our own private time, our, when we're just by ourselves in our bedrooms, we still feel like we have to perform and that we can't do you know, can't have our own pleasure just for ourselves without yeah. there being someone there to witness it and to be for them. And so it's really about reclaiming your pleasure. And it's about um, recognizing that you, you, you are capable of feeling so much pleasure and that you deserve to feel that for yourself. Nobody else owns your sexuality. Like you own your sexuality. That's yours. You can choose to share it with anybody that you like, but it's yours. Um, and so reclaiming that power by romancing yourself, seducing your damn self, you know, taking time to show your body love and appreciation yeah. with the little things, with being mindful, with being sensual, being of the senses in every single moment. But then also when it came, comes time to actually masturbating and going through like a self-pleasure kind of ritual or romantic kind of um routine yeah. it's about being present being aware tuning in honoring yourself and i think that that's something that is just not ever really encouraged unfortunately it should be spoken about a lot more it should be encouraged we should be romancing our damn selves yeah i completely agree i think florence also said something really interesting about the idea of dating yourself 
like take yourself out to dinner why not and then have a romantic date with yourself why can't you do like there's nothing wrong with that and I think another thing that can be difficult about that I guess more it's not such an issue when you're younger but um is that people think that you're lonely or you're you're um you're with you're you've been stood up or you're waiting for someone and I always find myself taking a book so that that way people will know but I think the next step in my journey is having the confidence to be like no like I'm here to spend time with myself not spend time with this book because that's still with like obviously it's not with another physical person but in a way it's still with another person because I think you need the more that people see that particularly younger people particularly children see when they go out for dinner with their families or when they're out in public and they see people who are out by themselves having fun and having a good time enjoying their dinner and enjoying time by themselves that becomes so much more quote unquote normal for them so then they grow up with a completely different lens than we've been allowed to have because I think that's also something that's perceived in the media and in in film and tv is oh this person must be like lonely and they must be alienated and maybe I just want some time to be to be by myself maybe maybe I've hung out with people all day and I'm tired <laughs> and I just need yeah. time to tap, tap back into my own mind but I think that the advice you give on your podcast is so amazing but um I think one particular question that stands out for me is there's quite a few people in the world of all ages all sexualities all identities who kind of hide from their sensuality it's something that they're they're too scared to ever to ever um discuss or ever play around with or ever work out what 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 works for them and um, do you have like I this is quite a big question but one key piece of advice that you would like to leave them with on this podcast um to help them start to tap into their sensuality and to take ownership of the fact that they do have that and that's not a bad thing is there one kind of nugget of advice to leave them with it's a hard one so I guess yeah there's a lot that I could say but one of the most powerful practices I think is movement um Mm -hmm. I obviously have a lot of history in teaching movement from pole dance to sensual yoga Mm -hmm. and one of my favorite ways to encourage my clients to tap into their sensuality is through what I call a moving meditation It's about really sort of allowing yourself to melt into the moment. It's simply sitting, you can sit in silence or you can put on some really beautiful music, um, something that encourages breath and just allow yourself to not just drop into the moment like a regular meditation, but start dropping into the moment and tuning into your body Mm-hmm. and following your breath with your movement and so you might you know start by just feeling up one arm with your fingers of the opposite hand right it might be slowly circling your chest around stretching your head from side to side doing a big roll through the head there's just so much power in slow intentional sensual movement and so I would suggest to start there, just breathe and move really gently, um, especially if you can do it to some really inspiring music, something that just feels good and makes you feel kind of sexy in a way as well. That's, That's what kind of started it all for me. 
Amazing. That is excellent. And um, thank you so much for joining us this week. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on and everyone should definitely check out your Sensuality Academy podcast. And also I recommend people check out your Instagram and check out your Sensual Yoga and all these things. I think they're all incredible. Also, everyone needs to read. If you haven't, if you're listening to this and you haven't read Florence Given's book yet, not too late. <laughs> There's still time. You need to read it. Um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Eleanor. It's been the most amazing chat and it's been so wonderful to have you on. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. It's been no wonderful problem. chatting with you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Okay. Hi all, it's Kirsty just jumping in here for our charity spot of the week. So I asked Eleanor what charity she would like to highlight this week and she said it was super important to her that I found a charity that supported black trans lives and I couldn't agree with her more. So I found this incredible charity called For the Girls Party. I'm going to spell that for you. So it's for, F-O-R, the T-H-E, girls g-w-o-r-l-s party so for the g-w-o-r-l-s party and the best place to find out everything about them is on their link tree which is linktr.ee forward slash for the girls party but i will have that all linked in the show notes for you to check out and follow along with it will also be part of our link tree for the week on our instagram and i'm sure that we will do a post about them on our instagram as well so stay tuned for that so a little bit about this charity they do incredible things so they support rent um for black trans lives and they also support gender affirming surgery um, and you can help out via their fiscal sponsor, which is on their link tree. You can also sp- support medical fund efforts. You can apply to the medical fund if you're somebody who's looking for that. Um, you can follow them on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram, which is just, I believe, at For the Girls Party. But girls, girls, <laughs> spelled G W O R L S. Um, and then they've got a bunch of articles that they've been in and they've got some super cool stuff going on in their link tree so absolutely check them out I'm just going to double check the Instagram for you yeah so it's at for the girls g-w-o-r-l-s so it's at f-o-r-t-h-e-g-w-o-r-l-s so absolutely go and check that out and they assist with black trans folks rent and affirmative surgery and are doing absolutely incredible things and have some great information on their Instagram as well um so I highly recommend that you check out that charity and do what you can to support whether that is financially or just through raising awareness we all need to do our part So thank you so much and I hope that you enjoy the rest of this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. It was so wonderful to have Eleanor on to chat. Please do check out Eleanor. All of her information will be in the show notes so you can follow along and listen to her podcast, The Sensuality Academy. To keep up up to date with our podcast, Fancy Blether, you can check out our website, www.fancyblether.com or follow us on Instagram at fancyblether. And you will hear me next Saturday. Thank you. Bye.